Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. You are listening to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Sam Lubman and Joe Shasky here coming at you every week with the best Giants content you're going to find. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Make sure to share this podcast so that you're not missing any of this content. I want to uh, take a quick trip down to the farm system here at the beginning of the season because uh, Melissa Lockhart of The Athletics, she does a great job following the Giants and A's farm system, keeping track of prospects. She's incredibly dialed in all up and down uh, both teams' farm systems. If you have a subscription to The Athletic, highly recommend you checking out her stuff. She is incredibly good at what she does. She had a uh, sit-down uh, conversation with Giants Farm Director Kyle Haynes, just kind of talking about this upcoming season and where things stand with the farm system. And one thing I want to start off with was kind of the last thing they got into, which was uh, they asked just – uh, she asked him about the progression of the farm system here. And – he said, this is his response, you know, in year one, we had arguably the worst farm system in baseball, and you can't rebuild a farm system in one or two years. Nobody does that. I mean, the NFL teams can't even do that as quickly as those guys develop. It takes a long time. And Logan Webb uh, was drafted in 2014. This was nine drafts ago. It's That's how long it takes sometimes for these guys to really become the face of the franchise. Pablo Sandoval spent five years in AAA, or sorry, in A-ball. Uh, this is not a get rich, get rich quick scheme in player development. Basically, he's been saying what I think a lot of Giants fans have had trouble admitting. This organization, you know, in regards to its farm system, it was down pretty bad when uh, when this crew got here, and they've slowly inched it up here with the in terms of just improving the overall health of the farm system. Chasky, when you hear that, what are your thoughts there? Because I know you, as much as anyone, has been very much chomping at the bit to finally see this farm produce something. And like me, you have also been very frustrated with the lack of fruit that we've seen so far uh, before opening day this year. Well, I think the Pablo thing about him spending five years in a ball is a little misleading because he was signed as like a 16 year old. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So th that can be misleading. Look, right now, I am optimistic on the overall health of the, the farm system. Do I think it's as far along as I would like it to be? No. Is it uh, a nightmare? No, it's somewhere in between. All they need is a couple of guys to pop through. I was looking right now. This is the roster for the Flying Squirrels. That's their double A team. Avila, who's one of their uh, you know prospects that is thought of highly. Um, Frisbee, Gates, Helvey, Jensen, Miller, Murphy, Rivera, Rodriguez, Roop, Sanchez, Tang. Right. You might not know a lot of those names, but these are the arms. They drafted something like 25 or 35 pitchers over the last couple of years. Those are some of those arms. Okay. 
Catching, you have Gary Sanchez, Auerbach, who you saw in spring training. All right. And then in the infield, Aldretti, who you've heard about a little bit here and there. Mm -hmm. Luciano, who's been DHing. I'm happy to see that. And then in the outfield, Vaughn Brown and Luis Matos. All of these guys were in single A or lower last year, you know? So it's nice to see them all take that that prerequisite jump. We know at Triple A, you, you've obviously got uh, the two guys that most of us have been waiting for, Elliot Ramos and then Casey Schmidt, who's playing shortstop. Reinforcements are on the way. Now, there exactly. are some misses too, though, which I don't want to overlook. Like the Luciano thing, something's up. We've been it's hearing about longer him. than it should, yeah. It's something's up. The back, he hasn't played in the field yet. He hasn't played a full nine-inning game yet. There's just... I've red flagged that um, Reggie Crawford. He's hurt again. Mm-hmm. Really? He trends to be more the more of a pitcher than a hitter. And then will Bednard. What? He's not ready. I mean, this is a college pitcher who I thought would fly through the system. Hunter Bishop, another him. one. Right. So, I mean, look, there are some things to be optimistic about, but at the end of the day, where I'm the most frustrated is I look at their major league roster and it's 30, 30, 31, 32, 33 year olds. And then I look at a team like the Royals and I look at some of these other teams who are just as bad when it comes to their farm and their development. And they've got a Bobby Witt Jr. playing shortstop at 22 years old. Now Mm -hmm. you could say, Joe, he's an outlier. He's a phenom. Well, you've had six drafts here. You can't find one outlier. (laughs) You can't find one phenom. You've got international free agent spending. Yeah, I I think both sides of the equation are true. Yes, it takes time. Yes, I know I need to be patient. But my goodness, one of these apples can't grow to fruition? That's all. Yeah. Well, I think we should hopefully be seeing a pair of apples uh, come to fruition, hopefully in the next couple months. And by that, I mean uh, starting pitcher Kyle Harrison, as well as well, Schmidt, right. who we've, cool. we've, have, uh, who we've mentioned a lot already. Schmidt, I want to... I want to believe that he should be up maybe mid-May. I know the Giants, they kind of like to take their time with yeah. getting some of these guys, their well, reps in the minor leagues. Can I, I tell you something? Yeah. If this Estrada injury yesterday, if that is something that may be bigger than they let on, does VR move to second base and you naturally bring Casey Schmidt up? It might, I, that would, that's a Estrada very Estrada is your backup yeah. shortstop currently. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just throwing out ideas. Yeah, I mean, that would be a perfect opportunity. Uh, the only reason I would poo-poo that is because, you know, when it comes to just kind of looking at Farhan's history in terms of how he progresses prospects through the minor leagues, he really wants to make sure they get their full complement of at-bats and plate appearances in the lower levels. I remember in 2020, we were all chomping at the bit to see Joey Bart come up because why not? You know, it's a, it's a lost season. It's the COVID season. There's no minor leagues. Let's get him up here. And I remember Farhan was on with uh, Damon Rado and Kolsky at the time. And Damon said, you know, come on, can we just see a little bit of Joey Bart? And Farhan's uh, answer was along the lines of he just hasn't had enough reps in the minor leagues. And he talked about all the reps that guys like uh, Cody Bellinger got uh, or, you know, Mike Trout got when he was in the minors. Mike Trout's obviously a very brutal comparison because Mike Mm -hmm. Trout is, you know, Mike Trout. Mm -hmm. But here's a comparison, though, just for Casey Schmidt to some past guys that Farhan has promoted to the system. So, Casey Schmidt in the minor leagues, he's tearing it up in the minor leagues. He has only 806 minor league plate appearances, 16 of which were at the AAA level coming into this season. By comparison, Corey Seager had 1,700 plate appearances in the minor leagues. 464 of those were at the uh, AAA yeah, level. Yeah, but, but they were high school players drafted. Like, there's, see, I, to me, I make a distinction between college players drafted and high school players drafted. Keep going, though. Yeah, and then, well, I guess then the other side is Gavin Lux, 1,800 plate appearances versus 306 
uh, coming at, at AAA. So, yeah, I do believe that the fact that Case Schmidt, yeah, he was drafted out of college. He should be further along. But when it comes, you you got to get these at bats at AAA. You got to get you you got to cut your teeth against that talent at that level. And for the most part, Schmidt just hasn't done it. Now he has tore it up in low A ball. He tore it up in Double A uh, last year in Double A. He hit three forty two in twenty nine games. Uh, so he's he's getting it done at every level of the minor leagues as he's progressing up. The Giants just want to make sure. Hey, can you keep that production going? at the highest level of the minor leagues before we bring you up to the major league uh, to the major league level. Schmidt has been kind of defined as like a glove first within the back coming along secondarily, but then he's hitting three, you know, you know, three thirty in the minor leagues. You're wondering how much of that is going to carry over to the big league level. It's very unlikely. He's going to be hitting three forty two against big league pitching. So let's make sure he can handle himself against, you know, mm-hmm. guys who are about to hit the big league level before we really give him that next step. Again, the Estrada injury could change that a little bit though. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You know, it's just interesting. I feel like we find narratives to hold people down and we find other narratives to to elevate people more than they need to be. Pablo Sandoval, like in that article, they go, hey, you know, he spent four or five years in A-ball. Well, yeah, and then he didn't play any AAA and was elevated directly from AA and balled the hell out and had mm-hmm. 25 home runs, 92 RBIs, and batted 325 his rookie year at 22 years old, right? So we could find different outliers of guys succeeding or not. I just come back to the same thing. You're either good enough or you're not. Like you're either going to figure it out and adjust or you're not. The reality is this. I didn't know these numbers were even true. In Major League Baseball over the last 40 or so years, top two or three picks have a less than 30% chance of ever becoming an everyday player. That is a whole draft like as a whole. Top three picks in Major League one, two, or three overall in the draft have less than a 30% chance of going to the bigs and being an everyday player for five years. That's wow. crazy. I mean, it, it's hard to make the big leagues. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. So I do think at times, like Joey Bart right now, he might not be any good. And I don't think any of bats in 2020 were the reason he isn't good is what I'm getting at. I don't yeah. think him failing at the end of the 2020 COVID season are carried over into an at bat in September of, of 2020 when he can't mm-hmm. hit the inside fastball. Like you're either good enough to adjust and continue to get better or you're not. And so while Farhan might think you need a prerequisite number of at bats, innings, you know, situations, etc. I do believe that certain guys are phenoms and I don't think they have any of those and they can rise quickly. Tim Lincecum was barely in the minors for a year, mm-hmm. barely. Okay. And we all saw what that ended up being. Why? Because he's a phenom. And so they haven't drafted the right guys and that's why they're struggling to get through the systems. I wonder if they almost maybe trust that their guys are phenoms. So like I look at a guy like Kyle Harrison, who again, He's really kind of tore it up in the minor yeah. leagues on the mound. He's looking really good, but he's another one where they said over the offseason, we want to progress him the similar way we did with Julio Urias. Well, 
Harrison, 212 innings in the minors. Urias threw 313 innings in the minors before he got his promotion. Mm-hmm. And then that's before we even saw the kitty gloves that the Dodgers treated Julio Urias with. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I'm hearing that, and it's like, if that's the timeline we have to deal with for Harrison, it's it's not enough that he's going to get up here. It's when he gets up here, then we have to pretty much sit around and watch the Giants basically half use him. <laughs> and he's the guy where you watch him pitch, he 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 reminds me a little bit of Madison Bumgarner, just yeah. in terms of just how big he is on the mound. The arm slot's similar. The delivery is very similar. The strikeout potential is there. And one thing I know the Giants do want Kyle Harrison to work on is the walk rate. He's got about an 11% walk rate in the minor leagues right now, so I did know you, they might cut that number down a little bit. Did you catch any of his televised games that were in spring training? I did not see those, no. Yeah, I, th- I think he's a little bit away. I think he's a couple months away, at minimum. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's me being optimistic. I'm, I'm not trying to you know, poo-poo it. He just he looked a little overwhelmed, and so he looked like a 21-year-old. But, yeah. but again... He looked better than a lot of their 24, 25, 26, 27-year-olds. So I'm very, very encouraged. I'm very, very high on him. But at some level, I think they just got to let him sink or swim. And then mm-hmm. you also have the question of this when it comes to pitching. I know you want to have a prerequisite number of innings in the minor leagues. Well, don't a lot of these arms have expiration dates, right? Yeah. So, like, I, there's many ways that we can look at this. Like, ah, do I really want to waste valuable bullets in the minor league? Uh, I can go many different directions in this. My overall impression, and Sam, this is where I'll leave you when it comes to the minor league. They're better off than I want to admit, but it's not as good as they need yeah, for us to consider them a success, successful farm and organization overall. Yeah, they're in this kind of tough middle ground, yes. or they aren't they kind of situation where – it's yet yeah, for every player you're excited about, like for every Kyle Harrison, for every Casey Schmidt, there's a Hunter Bishop or a Will Bednar. That's kind of out there. And they're really struggling with their first round picks. Now, yeah. that's not just a Farhan regime problem. I mean, you go back to the previous regime under Brian Sabian. You know, it's been since Joe Panic in 2011 yeah. that they've had a first round pick actually contribute at the big league level, unless you want to count Christian Arroyo being kind of a bench guy for the Red Sox. But again, for that was like his fourth team. Pick, yeah, you expect a little bit more out of first-round picks. So it's not just this regime that's having struggles with it, but at the same time, this front office, this Farhan regime, was brought in to do what the previous regime could not do. Yeah. They were brought in to be better. I always the, the term I always used that Larry Bear used was next-gen thinking. And when it comes to the farm system, it feels very, I don't want to say old-gen thinking, but it feels very same-gen thinking. And in terms of building that sustainable template in the way that like the Dodgers or the Astros have, it's just not looking like it's quite well, there yet. And Sam, this is the other thing. Like stop copying what everyone else is doing. Do your own thing. Stop telling me about what you did in LA. Start doing what you need to do in mm-hmm. San Francisco. And like, I know they hired Pete Petula, uh, If that's how you pronounce his name. Um, yeah, close enough. Yeah. You know, from Houston and I get it. You want to take some of the things that are successful from Houston and replicate them over here. Carve your own path. Stop telling me about what you did in Oakland and and in L.A. and start doing what you need to do in San Francisco. I agree with that. So anyway, uh, Shas, you have any final thoughts here before we sign off? Uh, Next time we talk, we're going to have home games to talk about after the Giants' long, arduous road to uh, the home opener. I'm excited for opening day, which is Friday. There's going to be some scattered showers. I'll be out there. Hope to see you, Sammy. I'll, I'll see be you there tomorrow. Too. Absolutely. And uh, let's go. Let's have another good week of Giants baseball. And let's try to have a, a solid, solid first month of the season. 
All right. That's Joe Shasky. I'm Sam Lubman. You've been listening to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're rating this podcast. Share it. Review it. Go out into the world and tell everyone this is the podcast you have to listen to. So until next time, we will see you then. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.